He'll come back for the second. India have won the test match. India have won the series. They're going to get back for two. India at home. Lords goes wild. Hello and welcome to a new episode of the 81 All Out podcast. This is Siddhartha Vaidyanathan at Sidvi on Twitter. And I'm joined as usual today by my co-host, uh, Mahesh, uh, who is at Cornered on Twitter. Hi, Mahesh. How are you? Hey, Sid. Good to be back. Yeah, great to have you. And uh, yeah, just before we start, a quick reminder. Uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago, we republished uh, Mike Coward's Cricket Beyond the Bazaar. Um, you know, as many of you know that uh, we republished Mike Marcus's book, War Minus the Shooting, late last year. And uh, now we have pub- republished our second book. Check it be on the bazaar. I'll put the links to it everywhere. Please pick it up. It's a really landmark book that was written in 1990 when uh, Australia's relationship with India on the cricketing field was totally different than it is now. I mean, these days we're talking about uh, the uh, you know India and Australia potentially playing five test series, and I think they've announced also five test series and things like that. But back then uh, they did play a five test series in 92. I must mention, but the relationship was far different in the 70s and 80s, and there were long stretches when Australia didn't even play. So anyway, Mike Coward uh, has looked deeply into the history of the relationship and uh, writes beautifully about several matches from the 80s, especially the tight test. So pick up the book. I'll put links to it. Anyway, getting back, um, we're delighted to welcome today, um, you know, veteran, if I may say, of uh, the cricket broadcasting industry, um, Hemant Butch. Thank you so much. Hemant for joining us. It's a great delight to have you here. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Mahesh. Good to be here. Uh, Good to be chatting with you guys. Thank you so much. Uh, Hemant has uh, worked in the broadcasting industry for over 25 years. Uh, He's been, um, you know, a producer, uh, broadcast director, and uh, he is, uh, you know, responsible for several of the images that you see on your screen, the videos, the footages that you see on your screen, the quality of coverage. And um, I was, uh, you know, quite blown away, uh, you know, especially recently. I've been watching a lot of cricket from Sri Lanka, uh, Australia against uh, Australia store to Sri Lanka, Pakistan store to Sri Lanka, and uh, Hemant was there. And uh, absolutely fabulous job, Hemant. I mean, I thoroughly enjoyed uh, watching the series, whether it's live or highlights or the packages that came forth. It was uh, it was a joy, and uh, I guess uh, going by your tweets and everything, you probably had a fantastic time covering that as well. Yes, it was. Thank you so much uh, for for all all that praise. It's it's good it's good to know because that's that's what we work for. We work really hard. You know, we we don't have all the tools that a lot of the big uh, sort of broadcasters have. A lot of the big boards have. So we got to make the best of of what we have and. Uh, uh, luckily, uh, you know, we, we have a few like-minded people and, and, and some people who work really hard. And once you're on the same page, once you have a crew that gels, then you can you can do wonders. So, yeah, that's that's one of my mantras to put together at least the main people who are on the same wavelength and, and, and those who really care for what they do. Uh, because eventually I would go back and watch, you know, all the highlights, everything that I could lay my eyes on uh, to, to see how we did because I, I I take great pride in my work and 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 I like people with me who take great pride in the work as well 
Yeah, uh, tell us a bit. I mean, you know, uh, we will get to these series uh, soon. But tell us, uh, you know, if we can rewind a bit, tell us a bit about your, uh, you know, how you got into cricket and the broadcasting business. Uh, you said it was uh, sometime in the early to mid '90s. So, can you take us back and how it all started? Yeah, I often relate the story, and it's uh, it's what I call the path of least resistance because uh, I. you know all my life i only played sport i i played badminton i played table tennis i played for the university i won uh, you know uh, the all india inter university gold in both sports so it was it was something that uh, you know that 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 was that was my life i uh, my parents met on the badminton court so they they used to play my earliest memories are of the badminton court and um, and all throughout my life i had i just played and and i didn't know what i was going to do i went to college and and i played there as well uh, very few classes lots of lots of sport um and then i didn't know what to do then so i said i'll just do my ma and i and i played more sport never never did any classes i did three classes in two years uh, did, did my ma uh, in history finished that and then i didn't know what i was going to do i worked in a bank for one day uh, i realized i had to wear a tie so i did never went back the second day for one and day you said okay <laughs> one day next day i didn't go back uh then i did a course in iit um on entrepreneurship but i mean i just i i knew nothing about entrepreneurship uh, and suddenly i had given in a few articles i'd never written in my life before but you know i thought maybe sports journalism was a way out so i just written a couple of pieces one on uh vijay dahiya because he was yeah. he was junior from college and we could keep on yeah one on my badminton partner anil mohan who was a national uh, junior badminton champion so i had written those pieces and given them in to v krishna swami of the pioneer and 2 uh, 3 months later uh, i got a call from him saying you know uh, there's a vacancy would you like to join i said when he said tomorrow and uh, <laughs> uh, and and yeah and i joined uh, the pioneer uh, and the first first job was was to was to write uh, you know was was to do some year enders uh, because it was actually the end of 93 about the 24th of december and uh, michael jordan had just retired so he said okay you know it's it's a it's a year ender i wanted to write me about 200 words or 150 words on michael jordan um and i was a big jordan fan so i went back i didn't know how to type i i wrote everything down in a in a notebook and and came back the next day and he said okay just just input it and i would you know painfully typing i kept on typing and this guy kept abusing me so what what are you doing why, why is this not ready I said i'm still typing so how slow can you be eventually i wrote, <laughs> i wrote the piece and and sent it to him he looked at it and he said are you mad and i said what happened <laughs> he said this is this is 1043 words i told you to write 150 so i said i am going to stop it and cut it down and then you'll see so okay uh, about half an hour later he called me and then uh, i said he said okay now now you can read the piece back and i i said did a word word check and i said now it's 1053 he said yes yeah. Yes, you had forgotten some us and thes, and so yeah, it was one thousand fifty-three words. My first piece in the Pioneer. That was how I I joined, uh, basically got into sports journalism, and uh, yeah, that time I think I was earning seventeen hundred rupees. Uh, the aim was to get to ten thousand rupees in ten years' time, uh, but but then you know. Uh, 
television started coming along and uh, and suddenly i got an offer from ndtv and and also from bitv or tvi which was just starting out and i uh, in my wisdom i thought that since uh, ndtv was just a production house and tvi was a channel i should join tvi uh, i joined tvi uh, it it wasn't a huge mistake eventually but it but it shut shop very quickly uh, it was it was in the same building as as twi uh, so twi was was one floor higher and suddenly uh, you know i i got a call from a, a friend of mine who was working there uh, and and he said would you like to join us i said yeah of course and i went up one floor did an interview with peter hutton and and he asked me to join and yeah that's that's when when the journey began and uh, that's that's how i got into the sports journalism accident and the path of least resistance as i said lovely lovely story uh, had i not been here hemant uh, i guess this would have quickly turned into a badminton podcast because mahesh is a huge badminton fan and uh, both of you would have just continued talking badminton and i would have basically just uh, you know gone away but this is a cricket podcast so we will stick to that um it's um, wonderful that you talk about your experience as a sports person uh, and you know uh, before and the, all the sports that you played and how you know sports basically took priority over even college and uh, other things so how has that uh, you know helped you as a person in uh, broadcasting in tv you know you obviously understand uh, the rhythm of sport the requirements of a sports person you know the challenges and you will definitely be empathizing with so many people who are struggling on the field on the day because obviously you you know what it is to play and things so how important is it and how valuable has it been for you to understand what uh, playing sport means uh, in this field yeah i mean again uh, i you know i i considered myself a very good player when i started but now i realize that it's you know until you've played internationally you don't people don't consider you to be any good but you know i wrote i wrote a piece on killer instinct and i talked about jimmy connors um, and and what killer instinct was and and i remember the piece and 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 my editor and uh, deputy sports editor sat me down and said no, you can't write this piece i said why not i i played it and i know what is wrong with the piece and they could find nothing wrong with it so it it did go on so yeah i mean playing sport uh, did help uh, you know it is there is there is a lot of empathy of course involved involved with that of course uh, even cricketers don't necessarily have that empathy you know ex cricketers uh, sort of go after uh, go after their own ilk uh, later on in life when 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 they are finished it happens largely in countries like pakistan it happens less in india these days because you know people either are more evolved or or they are more worried about uh, you know uh, uh, rubbing somebody the wrong way or whatever it is uh, but but yeah i mean there is there are there are jealousies there's a, there's a lot of things that that goes on behind the scenes but but for me since since i am an insider and an outsider at the same time i i sort of find it a lot easier i also make it a point not to get too close to uh, to any of the cricketers because then that colors your uh, your vision of things i might you know pose for a photo with say viv richards or uh, recently steve smith because i i consider them to be global superstars and you know it's a memory to show my child or uh, or you know her child eventually but but that's about it i i don't i don't want 
to go out and you know get grab their time because again i i don't think it's 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 sort of uh, what i do i i i just find that uh, you know having played sport you understand sport a lot better you you look at look at things a lot more differently and uh, having played sport at a high level um, it colors even if it's a different sport uh, when when i when i go on to a telecast i i think or i would like to believe that i look at it differently from from others uh, it may be right it may be wrong but that's that's what i aim to do yeah what what struck me was in your when you were talking about your uh, you know first few forays into journalism was that uh, you did in the it was in the 90s so you did not write a piece on a superstar you wrote a piece on vijay daya who was you know of course you from your college days who you knew but even then this was it it struck me because you know there are some some people want to write about you know the big players but you chose to go with you know writing about a player who was probably not as well known so yeah that, he was, that's why i asked the question also yeah <laughs> he was he was not even he was not even in in the in the national side then he was uh, he was in the ranji trophy team and uh, um, again when i when i joined the pioneer as well uh, both uh, uh, v krishna swami and g rajaraman who were who were the two main people they they would emphasize on on you know covering local cricket or local sport uh, i did a lot of hockey i did a lot, lot of badminton local sport before thinking of of the big things so so yeah i mean it's it's important um, uh, these days people immediately talk about the english premier league but they don't know much about uh, you know for example uh, the durand cup or uh, or any of the local tournaments uh, so that's uh, it's it's important to know your base and then then move on i mean i'm i'm not saying there's anything wrong with with following international leagues but but it's good to to at least live in your country know about your country and then of course look at the superstars so um, i mean uh, there, there is there is a lot of uh, it's it's easier to have knowledge of of international sports because you see a lot more of it if you are a real student then then you need to know about you know the smaller players the the people uh, who who are going to make it big you know following under 19 cricketers or under 19 hockey players or badminton players so that when they make it big um, you know you already know a lot about them rather than sort of trying to get educated about them yeah absolutely i mean i think the best time to also talk to many players is at the when they're much younger because uh, you know they they want uh, people to come and give them that exposure they want that publicity they want the media limelight and you know once you speak to them at that age then after that they remember i mean at least the good ones remember you and they you know they make sure that uh, they are always respectful of your time i mean honestly i can even pick a name like vvs lakshman for instance he is probably the you know the best in this regard i mean there is uh, no journalist request that he will sort of uh, refuse of course he will say that i'm busy and i will we'll do it later but he will make sure that it is done because he is one person who genuinely appreciates what the media has done in his career when he was younger and he wants to give back you know and there are there are not that many like that but you really appreciate those who are <laughs> talking about vvs lakshman yes i i did that uh, irani trophy game that uh, uh, where he came to prominence and yeah i shared a great relationship with him when he got into the indian team and there was this camp he insisted that i come into the dressing room and you know have have breakfast with them because i was there since morning and i was i was shooting uh, i i was you know i was very reluctant because i didn't want to go into a, 
uh, a dressing room full of superstars there's sachin there's kumble there's everybody and you know i buy certain eat idli and dosa and you know omelets or whatever but he insisted and 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 yeah i mean i i i remember that rahul dravid always used to call me you know if they're playing football he would say you know you know come in and and play and uh, and yeah i mean uh, sachin even sachin i mean he was he was nice enough he would he would if he was playing table tennis he would he would call me uh, all, all of these guys um, i i think it was a lot easier uh, then because i guess the media was uh, was not that crazy there were there were not as many media people around uh, and slowly you you saw that evolution into into the developed sort of media world where where there was a real crush for uh, for spaces there was uh, there was so much demand on on their time so now you can understand why people are a little wary but when you get to know them uh, they they they're generally generally fine people like dhoni uh, or, or people like sehwag they would they would all be very good again i i don't do too many india games now because uh, i ever since i moved to 10 sports uh, in in dubai we didn't have uh, an india uh, india board event for a, for a long time i mean we just did about two or three series uh, in india other than that it was it was mostly pakistan sri lanka uh, and uh, and uae a little bit of a little bit of the west indies uh, eventually and zimbabwe so these these were the boards that that we did more of and i i have great ties with pakistani players for example because they are a lot like like us but you know uh, a lot more simple and a lot nicer in a lot of ways as well so so yeah i'm a lot more welcoming because perhaps uh, they they like more sympathetic people uh, the way the their media gets after them i think they're, they they always like people who is not who are not going to go after them perhaps so uh, they're a lot less wary around people for some reason yeah so uh, now that uh, we have come to this ten sports and everything can you you know for our benefit and for the listeners benefit as well tell us the nature of your job because you know uh, we don't often get to know what happens behind the scenes so just like a sort of a brief intro into exactly what you uh, have been doing in the last few series and your role okay so when i joined ten sports i i i was uh, i was eventually senior vice president of, of production where, where i was looking after all sports that uh, all all of the product that was going on screen uh, on our channels uh, so that that was where i was uh, eventually sony bought uh, bought over ten sports and um, you know we decided to go different ways and uh, now i am basically what you might call a gun for hire so i i i work as a, uh, as a broadcast director largely around the world um i i used to do a lot of test matches when i was with 10 sports now i i largely do t20 leagues which is which is the nature of the beast these days and and yeah i i i direct sport which is uh, which is basically i um what they call calling the shots so i i have a lot of screens in front of me which which has a lot of inputs all the cameras all the evs which is the replay machines the graphics hokai um you know commentary um, everything is in front of me and i and i curate it as uh, as live um uh, for for you guys to enjoy back at home so every, everything is is in front of me and i decide which which are the best shots which are the best angles and and uh, what is the product that will uh, that will come to you on the screen and it is done instantly so 
so sometimes there are are errors there are mistakes um, and and uh, but usually uh, you know i i find people asking me whether it's all automated because there are such few mistakes that you see on a broadcast uh, you explained what directing is so how does it differ uh, differ from producing for instance you also mentioned that uh, you you've been a producer in the past or even now you do once in a while and and how does an executive producer differ from both of these two so um, okay let's let's start with an executive producer an executive producer is is the overall in charge of the of the look and feel uh, so while uh, while the executive producer does not do anything hands on uh, he will have a look and have a word if if he feels something is going wrong he or she feels that something is going wrong uh, they would they would go and have a word to somebody but eventually uh, you know they they would they would go back and and perhaps uh, look look at uh, look at what happened in the game and uh, if something has gone wrong they would have a word and and tell people where where they might change things a producer is is a person who will uh, create a roster for commentary um, and and basically talk to the commentators prep the commentators and and work with creating uh, say stories stories to tell um, but the director is is largely the most important person on the broadcast because everything goes through the director and a lot of times the director does multiple jobs uh, a lot of times there isn't there isn't time to go through the producer for for a lot of things so so things just go through the director uh in a t20 game it is it is very difficult for the producer to set up everything everything needs to go immediately because if 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 you're trying to set something up uh there is a there is a sixth and next ball and 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 it's and it's done so you you can't tell that story everything needs to be very quick everything needs to be set up uh, properly and and you just you just tell the story so a director eventually uh, and it depends from director to director and from producer to producer which is why i mentioned at the top that a synergy is very important a producer needs to know his director um, rather than the other way around the producer needs to know his director so that if the director is taking charge some places the producer needs to step back and and work to add to what the director is doing in case the director is missing something the producer adds to it uh, he also makes sure that the commentators know what's coming up uh, the producer works with the analysis producer and with the graphics producer as well to to set up say um, if 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 there is if there's a graphic coming up about say the highest run scorers in this uh, in in the previous world cup he knows that the commentators uh, he tells the commentators what is coming up he tells the director that we this is a graphic which is ready and to take it whenever uh, he finds place for it Uh, so so the graphic is ready the commentators know about it the directors know about it then the director takes it and then he decides how long he wants to he wants to take it for uh, how long the story needs to go on if there is a six you play that six and whether you want to go back to the graphic or not it's it's a call that either the producer or the director takes um, and and again uh, sometimes uh, it's 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 a little difficult uh, you know between between uh, commentators if there isn't chemistry you can feel the tension it's the same if if it's between a director and a producer if they if they are not in sync you might find that things don't go exactly to plan but generally uh, most of most of the people who work uh, in this field know each other really well and uh, and yeah you you find that things work like clockwork
Yeah, and it is in the best interest, I guess, of the producer and director to have that uh, relationship because that will enhance the broadcast, right? I mean, if not, then it's only impairing the broadcast. Absolutely, You're giving me uh, a smile. So, <laughs> no, I uh, I'm giving you a smile because uh, you know it is people don't always do what is in the best interest. Uh, That's true. Yeah. So that that is that can sometimes happen, but it. it is very very rare i mean i have i've only had it on one occasion on one very famous occasion and uh, and yeah it was sorted out very quickly but yeah i mean it 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 happens and uh, it is it is something that you need to be prepared for so when i produce uh, i produce uh, like i would uh, you know when i would like it as a director so i let the director take the lead in most most cases and i make sure that what i need goes on air and the director knows about it if he is not playing ball then i push it but otherwise i let the director make his own pace sometimes you know some directors are quicker than others uh, and 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 you know and they can they can take cues much quicker some are slower um, when i'm directing i like to take charge and i like the producer to help me so that's that's how i work it's not the same for everybody it it works differently in different places and uh, and yeah i mean it, that is that is why knowing your producer knowing your director um, is is very very important as well yeah great to uh, great to hear uh, i just want to uh, you know mention to listeners that uh, a few months back we had done a podcast with uh, ajesh ramachandran who is the executive producer at the icc and their broadcast and content lead and uh, you know we had uh, covered uh, some kind of uh, ground over all these uh, roles as well so please listen to that too uh, you know that is a great compliment uh, for this podcast so just wanted to mention that here but yeah mahesh go ahead now as he was explaining uh, a part of me was thinking that you know it's almost like playing god right if you are the director of a cricket broadcast i mean any broadcast but as cricket fans uh, i i can see this more clearly that as particularly as someone who grew up watching cricket you know you must have gone to the ground you must have watched it from different angles there's a certain understanding that you have of where to watch what from and so on and all of a sudden you get to decide for this vast majority of you know uh, fans who are watching it so every angle is kind of determined by you right like for instance um, uh, my son was watching uh, uh, the second test the other day and he picked up yasir shah's googly like from the live telecast not even from the replay from the real time sort of uh, video i was thinking i didn't grow up watching such quality video where i could pick up uh, you know even kumble's google which was reasonably obvious from uh, from real time sort of video so you know in in some ways you're playing god isn't it yes it, it, it there is there is that of course and which is which is why i actually enjoy it uh, i uh, i i love that now i can't watch cricket any other way you know i i i tried watching cricket at the ground and and i can't i i can only watch it properly in a control room where i've got 20 different angles and and you know I, i i get to see everything whatever is happening and and i then decide which is the best one what goes on air um, you know at 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 what time so yeah it's it's uh, there is there is that i have uh, very very strong views on uh, on what angles need to go uh, need to go when like for example you know if if somebody uh, somebody is bold and and the first angle is from mid wicket uh, i i just shake my head and and i go Mm-mm, you know that's <laughs> that's not good um or or even if it is from reverse reverse slip or 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 from a slips angle the first angle of of somebody being bold needs to be 
front on uh, definitely front on because you you want to see what has happened you want to see how much the ball moved whether it drifted whether it swung whether whether batsman's feet didn't move why he was not in line uh, whether whether he played inside the line outside the line you can't see it from any other place other than front on and if there is any other replay for a bold uh, other than other than front on then then i uh, then i am not not very happy with uh, with proceedings so yeah i mean there is there is that and i uh, you know uh, again that's that's probably just me uh, and like you said i i may be in my head playing god but but it's 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 more to do with i think uh, you know why would you know where would you watch a game from you would watch the ga- game from right behind the bowler's arm at most points in time and and that is that is there is a reason why you would watch the game from behind the bowler's arm because you get to see uh, the most detail of what is happening uh, you know you go to a ground and you watch the game from point or you watch the game from say extra cover you don't see a thing you, you you don't even know whether the guy is bowled or not if you watch it from behind the bowler's arm you see a lot more it's the is the same concept in cricket i mean you you can do the art later first tell me why the guy was bowled and then you can come back and do you know 30 different angles in ultra motion or super slow motion or whatever whatever else you have you know but but first of all tell me what happened because i was i was eating my soup and i and i missed what happened i i want to see what happened now so that's 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 how it is so so over the years i mean given that now you're saying um, you know that you would uh, find it difficult to watch a match at the ground and you would watch it in the control room itself I mean, given that, I mean, over the years, I'm sure uh, it's likely that your understanding of this game and appreciation of the game has only been so much more enhanced by the views that you're getting, right? I mean, you know, as Mahesh said, you know, we all grew up in the era of, uh, you know, uh, where sometimes the cameraman used to even miss where the ball went. And, you know, and I'm not uh, really uh, making fun or anything like that. It is just the way it was back then. The coverage was that way. It was a very different time. uh but uh, you know given that what we are seeing now uh, you know you are seeing the ultra slow mo and the spin vision and the kind of dissection and analysis that not just uh, professionals but even uh, you know people who are watching uh, are doing you know there are uh, users on twitter and you know just uh, fans who are you know pausing things and sort of analyzing what exactly is happening with each ball and each the how kohli stance is changing with each test and all that that level of uh, dissection is only possible because of the quality of the broadcast and so has your understanding and uh, appreciation of the game uh, only increased because of that first of all let's let's get to missing the ball people still miss the ball a lot uh, <laughs> um and uh, i've seen recent series where where people should not be missing balls uh, but but they do uh, and people in some of the best broadcasts in the world and you know they they would be even better broadcasts if uh, if they had uh, people not missing the ball the, the very fact that they have got so many cameras uh, helps them a lot eventually uh, and the fact that they've got great commentators also helps them but with us we 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 have very few tools we have very few fallbacks uh, and and so we have to make the best of what we have what what has happened uh, and you referred to ajesh's um, podcast earlier um, he talked about specialization and the the amount of cricket 
that cameramen in India and South Africa have done in the recent past. Uh, there's there's a huge amount of cricket that that happens in India, and and for economic reasons and for the fact uh, that you know English wages and Australian wages are are too much for the broadcast around the world to afford. We find that these two nationalities uh, are employed. largely around the world so they do so much cricket that they are a lot more lot more uh, sort of prepared they are they are uh, they 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 are a lot better at doing cricket than a lot of other people i mean there are some great professionals in 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 other parts of the world as well but as a general rule of thumb i think uh, indian cameramen do the most cricket uh, around the world followed by south africans so yeah i mean we we had a uh, few years back we had we had an english cameraman who came uh, to gol and gol if you're facing the fort is the most difficult to follow because a the red ball is more difficult to follow than the white ball and the background of the fort which is brown uh, and and the cameraman watching in black and white viewfinders they are they find it almost impossible to see the ball and you know we we found that on the first day there were i think 17 sixes that we didn't follow a single one um so uh, then we had to change him and we had put somebody else up but you know, we we now had a local sri lankan cameraman and and a south african cameraman we didn't miss, miss a single four or six and and this is this is how it is i mean practice makes perfect uh golf cameramen for example they they are from other parts of the world and and they don't miss a ball baby if these guys were to do golf they would miss that particular ball because everything has a rhythm it's like driving if you if you're driving in india it's a different rhythm to driving in the us and somebody from the us will find it impossible to drive in india and vice versa it's 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 not that easy so there is there is a rhythm involved to everything and and we find uh, that despite limited resources uh, you find all the ball being followed and 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 stuff being done because there is a huge amount of quality in this part of the world uh, which which earlier when i started you know there was there was nothing everybody used to come from abroad they they taught uh, people here and people learned and people learned from the best the the, the cameramen who came then they were they were brilliant uh, but but then things evolved uh, and our guys got better and better and better and better it's not rocket science uh, practice makes perfect you learn on the job and and yeah i mean uh, i don't know whether i answered your actual question or not but this is this is where we are whether you know we 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 have, we have developed to a point where where there is immense amount of quality which is why you find uh, that broadcasts around the world uh, you know are are getting better and better especially in this part of the world uh, they're getting better the ads not withstanding we we struggle because of the amount of uh, ads we need to fill in uh, you know whether surrogate or otherwise we have to do a lot more stuff around the cricket which is not there perhaps in england and australia uh, you know they they can do straight cricket uh, south africa as well whereas we we have to look at other things as well we 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 got to make sure that the mid wicket mats are visible whether you know this uh, you know this brand of you know sometimes the the advertising behind the bowler is visible the mats behind the bowler uh, sometimes in pakistan you know you got to show people drinking tea you know uh, all all sorts of stuff so uh, we we've got we've got to cope with a lot of different things uh, but yeah i i i think 
the, the overall quality of broadcasting around the world has definitely gone up also because of the technology as ajay shartsu mentioned earlier the technology has has improved the monitors are clearer the cameras are 4k uh, everything becomes a lot better the viewfinders have become better uh, everything plays a part talking of missing the balls one of the points uh, i wanted to ask you about i mean let's take a specific example right uh, in the in the second test dimit uh, gets dimit uh, karnaratne gets out caught at short leg i think it was abdullah shafiq who who took the catch he was pretty much at the middle of the bat and he takes it and what amazed me about that shot is that the entire thing was caught and the, on the first replay i could see it like i, I don't recall any match in which i saw that like if you remember the harbhajan hat trick in calcutta the catch that ramesh took i still don't have a clear vision of that right it's it's one of those uh, 50 50 decisions we still don't have and this was perfect right we, how much of that is skill how much of that is chance uh, how, how you know how do you, how do you describe such perfect capture okay so i mean, if if you talk about calcutta and now it would be a little unfair because uh, you know the resolution of the cameras uh, the frame rates of the cameras everything has has changed uh, but i i i agree that uh, the camera work in this series was was of a very very high caliber um we you know again we we got the right people the right place uh, we have you know to to give you to give you some sort of an example we had in the in the pakistan series we had uh, uh, three super slow motion cameras and one ultra motion camera whereas uh, you know if you, if you go around the world you would have at least six or seven ultra motion uh, six or seven super slow motions and a couple of ultra motions uh, in a broadcast so so i mean that's 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 where we are as far as that is concerned so you would invariably get something from somewhere but here of course the skill is 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 important because if your midwicket cameraman does not catch it uh, then you don't have it anywhere you know straight on so this is this is something that is that that goes with having the right personnel um, you know doing doing the job and we were we were lucky uh, the ultra motion pictures that you saw of of you know the the ball going through the air at you know you could see the seam perfectly landing on the seam moving that was due to the skill of the cameraman uh, he is he is the perhaps the best in the world in my opinion the best in the world uh and and i use the ultra motion camera very differently because i have very few cameras i have to use it as a live camera as well which is why i put it in the position it was in which was the reverse slip position generally ultra motion cameras are fixed and they're never used as live cuts but i was using it because i don't have enough cameras so i i've got to make the best use of it uh, and it is to the credit of the cameraman that he was able to offer me live shots as well as do this at the same time and and i was i was able to get some phenomenal pictures which which haven't been seen before and which you will now uh, see more and more in other places because people have seen what what can be done so yeah i mean that's that's uh, that's definitely to answer your question uh, it is it is a lot to do with skill but i would not compare it to harbhajan then because at that time the cameras were were not that great uh, you know you had 24 frames a second right now we we've, we've got you know 300 frames a second up to 1000 frames a second so there is there is a huge amount of difference in 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 frame rates and uh, you know even the resolution 4k resolution versus you know sd resolution there is there is absolutely no comparison so uh, i won't go too far back but in the recent times as well 
I I I think that what what we did was comparable to what what you would see at most places. Fair enough. Uh, just just a follow up question. You mentioned a couple of times at least about the fact that you work with limited resources. Uh, honestly speaking, just looking at the match, I mean, we watch matches from all around the world. In fact, I would argue that uh, nothing stands out. Like for instance, some of the recent coverage, I, I think it started with. Uh, the first West Indies series during COVID that happened in Sri Lanka when West Indies came, uh, came in or something. So, or probably a little earlier, there was the first time I saw Gaul in this sort of breathtaking beauty on TV. I've, I've been to that ground. I absolutely love the ground. But usually I always find that the broadcast doesn't do justice to the ground. All of a sudden, I saw the ground in all its like resplendent beauty. In fact, now I find that TV watching is even better than being live. And uh, so, being limited in resources is the last thing that I would have expected to hear from you. Can you just uh, touch a little more on that. What do you mean by limited resources? How does that, let's say, compare with, with what Australia has, what uh, Sky Sports has in England, for instance? I just I just told you that uh, uh, a normal telecast there would have six six to seven super slow motions and a couple of ultra motions plus a spider cam, perhaps. Uh, we, we don't have any of that. Uh, for the Pakistan series, uh, we, we had, you know... Uh, 11 man cameras uh, otherwise I, I i think uh, if you were to go to england and uh, australia you would probably have about you know 24 25 man cameras at times so there is there is a bit of difference also the the frame rates of the cameras matter um, uh, again like i said we had we had only three super slow motions and one ultra motion um, it's uh, to to get something out of that is is you you got to work a lot harder because uh, you know uh, you, you got to make sure that you use every single ounce of your resources and uh, that's that's the beauty of it uh, you're talking about gaul and its resplendent beauty it's uh, it's because we have uh, this wonderful drone cameraman a local local lad a young boy who doesn't even understand english but he understands broadcasting and and I don't have to tell him much. Uh, usually, you have, for example, if you if you look at a drone uh, in most parts of the world, a drone is operated by two people. One does one does the gimbal, and one flies the drone. This guy flies the drone and operates the camera on his own. Um, and uh, I've never seen anybody who frames the drone for the for the graphics. I mean, he looks at the graphics as well and frames his shot accordingly. I just put up the shot as a challenge, and 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 he does the rest. I mean, it's it's brilliant. Sometimes um, the, there was this there was this one shot uh, in uh, I think against uh, Bangladesh. Uh, it was it was a single shot in in uh, Palekele. There is this you know long staircase. Where the batsmen walk out of, so the, the guy started at the stumps. The umpire is walking in, and and he went off the stumps, went over the umpires, went went to the batsmen on the top. He, he went high above the batsmen, and he followed them from from the from the staircase coming down. Went to the fielders, and then walked the batsmen in. We named both batsmen. There was a single shot of about two and a half minutes, uh, and and we did everything on the drone. I just let it run. Uh, and you know, he he just he just he went from there. He went high, and then he went low like like a buggy, and went along went along the uh, boundary line. And and then I cut to the batsman close up, and and I named the batsman. Uh, so yeah, I mean it's 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 just 
you have you have some wonderful talent and 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 you allow them to uh, you allow them to flower so when i when i was unable to do one series um he he called me up and said you know on one battery charge uh, uh, i'm only getting three shots <laughs> so so he has very few batteries you know because he's he's working on a shoestring budget uh, he has very few batteries so you have to make every battery count so you you might realize that sometimes uh, you know i i i would take shots which uh, you you might not always take it might be slightly self indulgent but i i thought the beauty of the place uh, deserved it and yeah i i didn't think it was forced so so i you know when his battery is charged i i try and take as many shots because it's important for somebody who's working hard uh, to to have uh, you know validation uh, if if somebody is offering a shot um, and you're not going to take the shot you just tell the guy okay i'm not going to take the shot so he moves on lots of people don't tell the guy the guy stays on stays on stays on and then the shot is not taken and and you know the person is heartbroken i know how i would feel you know if if i works very hard for something and it doesn't go on air then then i you know i feel like i've been kicked in the gut and it's the same for somebody else so i i have this this great empathy and and also as 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 a photographer myself i i find it very difficult to sort of avoid uh, you know uh, shooting beautiful frames if if there is a beautiful frame up there i try and fit it in uh, somehow or the other yeah i must uh, link your uh... website actually where you post quite a few of your photos and it's quite stunning i mean really great job with the photography thank you yeah uh, just a clarification on what you said earlier with the ultra slow mo by reverse slip you mean like for a right hander that would be leg slip is that what you mean i mean what is reverse slip so there are there are two slips there are they are on uh, so placed at uh, long on and uh, it would be uh long on and third man right so okay. the, there are the two slips and these these other two slips we just call them reverse slip for because we already have two slips so they they would be at fine leg and long off so those okay. that's the reverse slip but the reverse slip cameras are usually the ones uh, that are on super slow motion and they have wheels so they they have you know you you get shots from behind the batsman you get you know you you get all these uh, dynamic shots it's a very tough camera to do let me tell you because it requires uh, the cameraman to physically pull the camera drag the camera every over you can't stay there uh, for the next over because you would be in the batsman's eye line so you you got to move back so uh, you know it takes a hell of a lot out of out of that cameraman uh, as well so he he physically drags the camera about 30 40 yards each over uh oh. that do that and goal is is tough you know so, so this is this is a lot of stuff that people don't don't understand don't realize you could do the camera just by keeping it there and not moving you know there are a lot of people who are who are not you know don't care enough to move that camera uh but you know then you don't get the shots that that you get you would still get some shots you would still get some really really nice shots but you won't get those shots and this is this is what you mean and and if if that guys shots don't go on air if if there's some great shots and they don't go on air uh, then you know he won't feel like dragging his camera again you know over and over for 90 hours in a day or 98 hours in a day uh, in in a, in the extreme heat four test matches in gol i mean it is really really hot mm. it takes a hell of a lot lot out of a person 
and one one has to realize that and and one has to you know sometimes give those cameramen a little bit more extra to to ensure that the you know i would i would say their heart is not broken you know they they they, they do that again and again and again and again uh, you know for five days at a stretch and then go again after three days so so yeah it's it is immense hard work but the reward is the sort of pictures that you get and and you know the validation that one gets when when people like you and and others say that you know we enjoyed watching and that's that's what we all want for people to enjoy watching what we do because you know we work very hard for for that we we take great pride and great great joy in in you know getting people to love our work yeah i mean and ultimately you know the love for the sport is enhanced by what you see you know i mean i can imagine uh, i mean of course love for the sport can come in various ways you can play the sport you can read about it you can listen to it on commentary radio and all that but you know the moment you see such quality coverage that is melding both the game as well as the setting and the you know making sure that uh, you know the the story of the game is uh, told so well you begin to love the that sport even more and that particular match begins to take on that you know that extra bit of uh, magic you know you you remember matches like that much more also uh, does the ball also make a huge difference the red ball and the uh, white ball now of course you have the pink ball as well for day night test but you know the how to, talk a bit about that and how that uh, affects the quality of the footage and the challenges that come through with it there are there are different issues the red ball is more difficult to follow uh the white ball is 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 easier because you have uh, you know dark skies for example you have uh, it's it's not that uh, that varied it's it's a lot lot easier under lights to follow a white ball uh even even during the day a red ball is is a challenge a red ball at goal is the biggest challenge especially with uh if if you are uh, if you are covering it from the near end with the fort and the background because of the brown uh, uh you know brownness of the fort which and you know the ball and the fort merge into each other uh, it's it's really really tough um there there is there is that but daylight is is very very good for for cameras uh, under under uh, lights uh, because the depth of field uh, becomes much shallower uh, it's it's much easier to lose focus It, the margins become become wafer thin um and uh, and in 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 daylight it's there's a little bit more sort of leeway uh, as far as uh, as that is concerned frame rates need to drop because uh, you know the aperture uh, you know you you you've got to open the aperture up at at night so so frame rates have to have to drop otherwise uh, it becomes the picture becomes darker the lenses eat light uh and and you know so so in in the in the day it's 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 a lot easier to cover during the day uh but it's 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 easier to follow the ball at night uh, when there's a white ball so yeah there are there are sort of pros and cons either way and in terms of the ground i mean you have mentioned gaul and how challenging it is with the fort and things and as a director how important is it to understand the you know the each ground its geography the topography you know the angles and i'm sure going there again and again will only make you a little better because you would have had the experiences and you know talk a bit about going to a ground afresh uh, as opposed to say going to a place like you know where you have gone five 
10 times before uh, how do, how does all that make a difference honestly to a director it makes very little difference uh, because uh, a director needs to work on things um, you know which which are in front of front of him or her uh, it's it's more to do with the camera people they need to be uh, well versed with with a lot of different things and uh, a, a director basically needs needs to uh, needs to be able to think on his feet you know things things happen in in live broadcast that uh, that that sort of you you would never expect like for example i was doing the women's world cup semi final uh, which is another story i mean i i was supposed to be on holiday but i was i was called back because somebody else got covid and i i uh, you know i was i was doing that game with a new crew i'd never worked with them before in wellington um and uh, and yeah uh, as soon as uh, we we got to start of play basically just before the anthem's world feed all my monitors went down except the one broadcast monitor everything else went down and we were supposed to go to the anthems uh, everybody was panicking i i knew only two people from my camera crew uh, you know i had never worked with any of any of them before any others uh, but i just you know while everybody else was panicking i just said you know guys just you know just keep silent let me handle this and i told the cameraman just tell me what shots you have and 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 hold the shot i will say stand by and i will wait for a second so if you are moving around just stop and i will cut to you because i can't see you you you've got to make sure that that you're there and i don't think anybody in the world would have realized that uh, that that semi final in wellington i think it was australia versus west indies nobody would have realized that for the first 10 minutes of it i i had no pictures i was i was going about it absolutely blind i could only see what was going on air nothing else and and yeah so i mean these are the sort of things that directors need to worry about people like rehearsing i heard ajesh saying talking about a lot of rehearsals as well uh, but i uh, i think i i am as ajesh mentioned the other kind of person who is more an on the fly kind of person uh, because i've i've learned that how much you prepare uh, in live broadcasting things have a habit of going the other way uh, so other than you know uh, presentations and stuff i don't believe in a huge amount of preparation uh, i i i you know i have i i mentally think about things beforehand but rehearsing i think sometimes deadens uh, a lot of things it's it's good for the anchors to rehearse and maybe look at a couple of angles but but not too much of it because i i think it takes away from the spontaneity again there are different different thought processes on it and different different kinds of people um and what what i do might not be ideal for most people but i i personally think it works for me so in terms of uh, suppose you have a test in gol the position of the cameraman and all that is it entirely their call i mean obviously the producer and the director have a say in that right like which where angles you are thinking of the overall uh, sort of uh, macro picture of uh, the coverage the positions are are already mapped out uh, you okay. have you you obviously do do a recce of the ground beforehand and and in places which where you haven't uh where you have worked regularly you know exactly uh, where where people are uh, going to be there are camera gantries uh, built so you can't go uh, you know most of the positions in in cricket are uh, are mapped out 
for everywhere. I mean, there are there's a wicket to wicket which is right behind the bowler's arm. There's a ball follow which is as close to right behind the bowler's arm as possible on either side. There's a spin vision which is on which is on the other side of the ball follow camera is on the right. The spin vision will be on the left of the wicket to wicket camera. So they're they're close together. After that, there are the slips. Uh, slips have a uh, you know they 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 mark a certain amount of steps. Uh, you know, and and then they take their position. They make sure uh, they try to see that they're not in each other's shot when they when they uh, look. But players have a habit of you know standing right in front of the camera, like Angelo Matthews was doing right throughout this test series. Uh, so they have got to move. So sometimes you see the other camera and shot. The reverse slip cameras, like I told you, they drag their camera and move. You know, depending upon whether a left-hander or a right-hander is batting, whether a left-arm bowler or a right-arm bowler is bowling, whether a spinner is bowling or a seamer is bowling, they they change their position. A mid-wicket camera has its own gantry; it's right there. A reverse mid-wicket camera has its own position. If there's a high 45 camera, it has a it has a position mapped out. In goal, there is no place to put a high 45 camera, so it's it's not there. A drone flies about everywhere. So positions are generally mapped out. If if you're looking at a specifically a new position, uh, then then you might have to you know go and go and have a look. But other than that, most I mean we like I told you we've got eleven or twelve man cameras. So we we try and uh, we try and maximize them. I because there was no crowd, you know my. Handheld cameraman, I put him at the other reverse slip because I did have a reverse slip. I I asked him, even though he had a small lens, he did the best he could because again we've got to make the best of whatever resources we have. So we we try we try and make you know eleven cameras look like twelve or thirteen or fourteen or fifteen. You know that's 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 what we try and do. Uh, I want to come to this particular series uh, as well because you know these were. Uh, both the Australia series and the uh, Pakistan series. I mean, they they were very unique in a way, and when in the matter of timing in which they were played. So, uh, you know, when you uh, were you know thinking of going to Sri Lanka and covering it, did you have any inkling of how you know what were your thoughts on it? Because you obviously even then the situation was the, the you know there was the economic uh, turmoil going on, and there was like a hint of the political uh, situation to come. So, yeah, talk a bit about your mindset of actually going to, you know, when you went to Sri Lanka, what was it? Did you think at all about what was what it could turn into or were you just like, OK, I'm going to do my job and that's about it? Yeah, when when we were supposed to go, I I I was pretty sure it would be called off. Uh, I I didn't think, you know, I was reading the stories just like you were reading the stories and I was thinking there's no way, no way that the series was going to go ahead. Uh, but yeah, I mean, eventually we were on the flight and, and I was thinking it could be called off at any time. I'd packed a lot of food. I thought there would be no food available. Uh, you know, we, we were reading lots and lots of different stories. Uh, there's no fuel, no food. You know, people are being asked to grow their own food in the backyard and stuff like that. Uh, when we when we reached there, uh, we we found you know uh, you know sri lankan people to be a very unfortunate word but resilient uh, because there is there is no other word for it uh, we found you know we had we had no issues with food food was food was available uh, i i walk a lot so i had no problem with uh, you know with, with 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 transport and stuff we were we were initially in colombo uh, so yeah, I mean, walking was not an issue. I was I was walking, but you you could find 
you know tuk tuks if if you waited long enough people were waiting in line just below our hotel uh, there was a, there was a fuel pump and uh, we we would see long lines you know 2 3 kilometers long of, of people waiting uh, with the cars uh, for for fuel but they were so orderly because you know you had two separate lines one one line for diesel one line for for petrol they would leave space in between you know for the lanes for people to pass they would not park in driveways it was it was just unbelievable people people sitting you know making a picnic out of it and uh, uh, it was really really social then people would would go back home they would leave their keys with one person one person would stay overnight and move 10 cars and you know then the next person would come and the the first person would go home so they 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 managed and and it was it was immense to see we 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 passed the the site where the where the protest uh, which was a protest site and and it had it had it was largely a peaceful site with lots of banners and people singing and dancing and and you know uh, all sorts of stuff so this was this was before uh, you know things uh, turned you know further south but but yeah we we at no point uh, at no point did we did we feel uh, feel threatened in fact we were we were always welcomed even on the day there were these huge protests uh, there were protests outside the ground you know which were about 20 feet 20 25 feet from the from from where we were about maybe 30 feet from where we were uh, from where the australian dressing room was but nobody threatened the cricket nobody you know nobody had any issues with the cricket all they wanted was for their country and and you know for for their for their own for their own people they had there are no issues with people coming here and playing in fact uh they were they were very grateful for people to be coming there uh, people to be touring there none of the tourists were harmed um, i mean they they pulled out all stops for 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 the tourists we uh, I, in fact uh, i i tweeted as well it's a, it's a great place to come come there people the, the sri lankan people need you and it was not just just that it's also you know a great time to to go there i mean not not that particular time which where, where there was a little bit of uh, i guess uh, violence the, the pictures look looked very very dramatic but i know people who were in the cinnamon uh, hotel which was which was right there and and nobody was threatened um so yeah i mean i pe- people are still welcoming there are still tourists coming uh, from 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 europe and, and other places and even from india uh, and and yeah i mean it's uh, the, the situation is not ba- as bad as it as it seems uh, from the outside like i said uh, when i read about it i thought there would be no food there was there was no problem at all i mean it's it's uh, it's a great bargain to go there at the moment and uh, and yeah i i sort of I've, i've been called a tourism ambassador for sri lanka but i really love the place i think it's one of the most beautiful places in the world and and with some of the most wonderful people as well i i i can't think of another place where people would be you know still smiling after what what they've been going through it's it's just uh, unbelievable so there's a, there's a reality of the fact that that things are normal you know whatever you expected didn't turn out that way people are largely peace you know even the protests were largely peaceful and so on and you felt safe but there's also the 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 perception that you have about 
I mean, there, there are not, not enough presidencies, right? It's not like every day that a president is, is fleeing the country and then people are trying to overthrow government or whatever. So you have very few presidencies and most of them are ugly and bad. Uh, so naturally, even if the reality is that there's a perception that is like, it could get worse, it could get worse. And then, you know, like, especially if they announce an emergency, then you're like, okay, can I even get out of this country? You know, One is uh, through the course. I mean, you mentioned how you felt when you went in there for the Australia series, but things got worse from then to, uh, to towards the Pakistan series. One, how did you manage the sort of dynamic situation? Was there at any point of time you thought, oh my God, I should just like take the first flight back home and, and go, right? Or you were hoping that they cancel the series or whatever. That's that's one thing. Also, did you have other team members who were worried, right? I mean, you might have a different perception of the situation, but there might be other people in, in sort of caught in a different life situation and so on. Did anybody come to you and say, okay, if, if I get the first flight back home, can you send me? No. No, nobody. nobody actually, uh, people back home, were calling and saying, oh, what, what's happening? It's a dangerous situation. Uh, and I said, no, people are singing and dancing. It's, it's, it's not, it's not dangerous. Nobody's throwing stones. Nobody's burning anything. It's, uh, they're outside the ground. They're, uh, they're, they're, cha- they're chanting their slogans. Uh, they they've got their megaphones, uh, you know, uh, and, and it's, it's like, you know, it's, it's, it's like a democratic protest with, with, with no loss of life, with no loss of property, nothing whatsoever, at least in Gaul. Um, in Colombo, things were different. I wasn't in Colombo, but nobody, not one person felt, felt threatened. Uh, they, they gave us on that particular day, uh, they, they gave us uh, an escort. Uh, but again, that was not required. Even the protesters said, oh, we'll clear the road for you. you. You just go after that. We'll, we'll go back to it. So, I mean, it was, it was a very civilized sort of atmosphere. Um, and, uh, and, and even, even on the day of the protest, they had, they had banners thanking people for, for coming. So, uh, no, I had to answer your question. At no point did anybody from the crew feel, uh, threatened or or uh, feel like going back uh, at all but uh, uh, the other interesting thing about this situation which i want to bring up is that you know traditionally uh, you know cricket and politics have been on parallel paths and you know you uh, the politics is happening on the side but cricket generally tends to just follow its own course and even in situations where you know we've had cases where the ipl was going on when uh, india was going through this uh, you know uh, massive uh, tragedy of the second wave, but it so happened that you know the cricket, uh, the, the cricket didn't really uh, get into it. But in Sri Lanka, what is very interesting is that the cricketers, the former cricketers, had uh, have made such a big sort of news around these protests itself. I mean, people like Roshan Mahanama, Mahela, Sangha, all of them, you know, they've been vocal, they've been very things. So what is happening is that the cricket has sort of seep the politics has seeped into the cricket i mean whether you like it or not and of course on the broadcast and things uh, you have to cover the cricket you may not uh, mention it but there has been like this confluence of cricket and uh, uh, the uh, politics and economics did you notice that i mean i'm asking this as a personal opinion not necessarily as you know um, did you also feel that there was a bit of meshing happening so yeah politics and and sport generally get together but also because uh, cricketers are are so famous. A lot of them are also politicians. You know, people like Arjuna. They're uh, you know they they they're into. Anand. Yeah. Yeah. So so 
I mean, there there is Sanat is Sanat is there as well. So there there are uh, there are those there are those things as well. Uh, but but yeah, eventually I think it was more than politics. It was it was the economic situation. I think you know everywhere uh, everywhere you 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 can't you know generally you can you can you know it's a it's a small part microcosm of life. It's it's not really uh, the main thing. But here you know no fuel. uh people struggling for a lot of you know no gas a lot of lot of restaurants were closed because there was no gas uh, stuff like that people you 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 know long lines for cooking gas you you don't you don't have cooking gas uh, you you got to manage uh that sort of stuff so so it it affected everybody sure I wanted to ask you about the the series before the test though the australia one day and t20 series uh you know that was uh, quite a you know surreal experience to watch actually because uh, we we all were following the news of what was happening in sri lanka but then you have these packed stadiums where people are so you know it was so clear that you know they are passionate about their team and then you had this uh, series where sri lanka started doing well also uh, you know start some sensational finishes and uh, sort of uh, the crowd was really coming to life how was it like uh you know watching that series i mean there was of course it is of course a thrilling one day and t20 series but there's also that additional layer of the fact that the country is going through so much and yet you have thousands and thousands of people coming to the stadium and you know taking part in this spectacle that that was actually unbelievable for us and and uh, you know that there was again some people raised the moral aspect of it there as well but i i i think that it was you know it was it was one one case where sport sort of joined people together uh, i think it 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 bound people together and i've never seen such crowds in in sri lanka uh, the the crowds were so sporting there were there were you know uh, even the australians felt that it was it was phenomenal uh, it, the amount of passion there was the amount of emotions there was the, the 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 shots that you must have seen of of you know kids crying of 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 people celebrating in joy uh, i mean it was it was unbelievable and and again to capture all that with the amount of cameras that we had and it it is a credit to to the to the crew to to my replay operators who found the right right shots uh, and and who, who created those packages as well it's it it was it was mind blowing it was surreal it was it was like uh, like like uh, my producer remarked that it, it's it's like we are in a bubble again you know it's it's like we we are we are removed from from the reality we we are in a we are in a world where everything is right uh we 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 removed from all the troubles uh, and actually the entire tour was like that we while the while we could see uh, you know the issues and everything it was like a bubble for us it was it was like a covid bubble you know we were we were protected from the outside world to a to a huge extent and and uh, even the outside world sort of colluded with us to protect us from from everything else that was that was going on and for that i need to thank the sri lankan people as well i mean it's it sounds like a sort of political speech or something but but really i mean i i i have said this before and i and i i say it again nobody else in the world could have could have done what they did i i don't think 
in india or in pakistan or england or or the caribbean or or anywhere uh, people would have like you said come out in in droves without fuel walk miles and miles taken public transport however they could come uh, to to see young kids coming out uh, it it was just unbelievable it, i mean i i think this just tour will be the best i after i hang up my boots i think i will look back on this tour as as perhaps you know the one tour that i will never be able to forget uh, you know the the quality of cricket uh, the results uh, sri lanka won exactly the amount of games that they that they lost uh, you know uh, against two very very good teams australia fantastic team pakistan i think on on the up some top top uh, players and sri lanka you know they they just found another gear from somewhere i don't know i don't know how they found that uh, we have four test matches in gol on the bounce uh, when you like that to put out four test matches with four pitches totally different from each other there were there were not mirror images of each other at all every pitch behaved differently it was just unbelievable the pitches in in uh, in palekele in colombo uh, sensational i mean i i wish that they had not cancelled the the one days that they had with that planned with pakistan i mean we would have had more great cricket in store uh, yes uh, the situation is is not great and uh, and i hope they they sort of turn it around very soon because you know the, the people deserve better uh, and the people deserve uh, as much joy as they can get in 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 life and and i think cricket this time was was something that really really provided them with 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 the joy that was that was missing with with something to get get behind because obviously i think as far as politics was concerned they had found that they had let, the politicians had let them down the cricketers didn't let them down I mean, they 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 found they found something to keep to keep the morale of the whole country alive two points one is that i will link a podcast i done with telford wise and firdos munda on the polit- politics and cricket in south africa very enlightening and they had uh, extremely again nuanced thoughts on how you know cricket cannot get away from politics there but at the same time you know it is not as black and white as we believe i mean uh, pun intended as black and white as we believe because there are so much else that happens uh you know behind the scenes and with the board and the quotas and everything else anyway i will link that and uh, secondly uh, we spoke a lot about gol and the fortes there uh, we did a podcast with fidel fernando a few years ago and uh, you know all of us at etn all out long term listeners will know have uh, unanimously agreed that gol is the home of cricket don't uh, there are don't believe that there is any other ground that is the home of cricket gol is the place to watch cricket especially test cricket and uh, recently they announced that the next two world test championship finals is going to be at lords is an outrage i mean gol should get that final every time every single cycle that there is so uh, let me wrap up by asking you you know these four tests you mentioned how this tour will live with you for a long time but is there any particular moment or any particular uh, passage that you know you can pick out as being your favorite in these uh, four tests it it could even be in the one days and t20s i mean in this tour anything that you know absolutely stands out among all the standout moments well that dasun chanaka knock that that yeah. changed course of that game and 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 gave sri lanka belief i think that that turned around a lot of things you you just had to see the emotion in the crowd you just had to see 
uh, you know how much it meant to the people um, that 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 one knock changed the mood of a nation it was it was uh, they were they were thinking that they were they were in for you know another battering at the hands of the australians but you know suddenly things changed and 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 they turned things around so that that was that was definitely one and then it was uh, like i mentioned the emergence of uh, prabhat jayasurya that that was uh, you know uh, i saw a tweet from rex clementine uh, before the test match uh, saying that okay prabhat jayasurya likely to play Uh, and uh, not surprisingly he comes from ssc which implied that perhaps you know he is not not the right man for the job but eventually when rex uh, turned around and was was singing praises of him so so yeah i mean not too many people expected uh, this man to to come in he came in only because uh, you know jay vikrama got covid and embuldenia uh, was terribly out of form um and and he and he just changed everything without him uh, mendes was bowling terribly uh, they just didn't didn't have a bowler and and he single handedly kept them in the hunt he bowled like he he was their plan a uh, if that failed he was their plan b and if that failed he was their plan c <laughs> there are no other plans uh, and uh, and he just kept on bowling 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 and 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 yeah his his arm didn't fall off it was a wonder and he bowled them to victory finally in both both the test matches that they won and that was that was a phenomenal phenomenal selection very lucky uh, all you know everything was in the stars i think it was just somebody up above saying that you know you guys deserve some luck so here is prabhat jayasurya for you absolutely yeah. i mean it's still ringing in my ears you know dikwela from the uh, you know behind the stump saying papa niyamagama niyamagana and all that that dikwela just keeps talking all the time you know it's like uh, still ringing in my head through the series so fantastic uh, hemant thank you so much for joining thank you for your extremely uh, you know insightful thoughts and well considered thoughts and uh, yeah it's been a real pleasure to have you on Thank you thank you guys so much yeah it's been pleasure talking to you guys as well it's it's great fun thank you uh we, we would love to uh, have you back again i'm sure there are so many aspects of uh, cricket and coverage that we can uh, still talk about and uh, yeah hopefully in the future we would love to have you back on the show thank you thank you hope it was not too boring let's 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 see not But at all not at all <laughs> most interesting there's a beer in my hand that's about it <laughs> <laughs> and to our listeners uh, thank you uh, a reminder about uh, mike coward's uh, cricket beyond the bazaar which we republished i will put all the links uh, you can pick up the book it's a fascinating read and also subscribe to our podcast uh, review us rate us it will help uh, more people find 81 all out is our website uh, at 81 all out is our twitter handle and yeah spread the word the india have won the series they're going to get back for two in